I was not making stockings today. There was no feet involved in any of the stuff I was making. No petite and small feet that you're looking for your microscope at. No. What a fucking unhinged thing for him to say. <laughs> was there anything about her tiny dainty feet in any of the songs? I can't really understand the lyrics well enough to know. No, there are there are I would argue zero references to tiny ah. dainty feet in, in in the musical. Hmm. It's kind of almost like a big blaring <laughs> Uh, oversight like it was purposefully done like they knew they had something to hide <laughs> so actually there is foot fetish in it and the foot fetish the glaring oversight the the um, protest too much kind yeah, of yeah the elephant um, in oversight. the room yeah 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 very carefully stepped around it <laughs> with your uh, d- tiny dainty feet uh, is it Cameron McIntosh who made it um, Cameron McIntosh is the producer. It's okay. uh, Boo Bill and Schoenberg who wrote it. They made it uh, discoy the first time, or was that just? Yeah, like... so they wrote it in French, and it was in the eighties. Okay. So it was disco, and then over the years they've taken the electric piano and guitar <laughs> out, notably uh, reducing Javert's, uh electronic guitar riff as he comes on. Yeah. When's the when are when are we gonna have one that brings it all back? Oh, when when indeed when I kill Cameron McIntosh <laughs> and inherit his grand estate. First thing that's happening, the guitar goes back in. <laughs> yeah, Javert's dick comes out. Small feet go in. <laughs> Uh, I guess this is all just content for the actual episode. Yeah, I mean, welcome to Brent Barricades, a Lemos podcast. As it will come as a huge surprise to you, we are not talking about the book today. We are talking about the excellent stage musical that we all know and love. I'm Nemo. I use they, them pronouns. This is it. We're in the episode. <laughs> this is Stevie. She, they pronouns. Yeah, I know we've done several times, in fact. <laughs> Uh, episodes, specials episodes on the on the show, but I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, you haven't seen it since you cared cared about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I saw it in our first year of doing yeah the podcast. I think so. Which was like I don't know twenty years ago, real time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and he was even I think. I don't think you did a whole episode on talking about this production. No. But, uh, yeah, I mentioned it before. Yeah. I think maybe January I went to... No. December? No. November? <laughs> November I went to see it, maybe? Yeah, it wasn't even that far back ago. But, but because it I, feels I, like years. I hadn't seen it, so I couldn't fully appreciate or really understand some of the things you were saying which is now what people listening to us is are gonna have to experience yeah 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 but i loved it (laughs) yeah i liked it better than the um the revolving floor it does surprise me and i feel slightly hurt by this but um... yeah um i understand (laughs) so yeah, and I guess we'll just chaotically talk about this, yeah. um, and then maybe we'll go through chronologically. Uh, really tragically, my notes app with my notes, <laughs> I must have just deleted it because I guess I was like, I won't need these. Um, <laughs> so, and we know what my brain's like, so I'm just going to do my best to remember everything that I thought about. <laughs> but yeah, no, Nemo had mentioned that. There was like a scene or two where, it, yes, I agree, it would have been better if they could have like, I think if they had just revolved just the barricade, mm. like they could have just, just put it on wheels, they could have just spun that around. Yeah, but <laughs> but I also don't have your history with the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw that one time and was like, uh huh. Whereas like I I love a set. Mm. So I loved this production. I think if you haven't gone and seen this version or any version, but if you've already seen it before, but you haven't seen the new staging, I had a grand old time. Yeah. I think the revolve, like I I, I only really miss it during the, the barricade bit where Andros is like dead. 
and the sewers bit where he's <laughs> walking through the sewers and there's just a projection behind him and it's so badly timed and it's just like the worst and they have to put them down into like absolute darkness so you can't see the cringy like transitions between them so yeah those are the only bits where I'm like that's where you need the revolve yeah which I would be like those are only two scenes I know they're <laughs> like probably two of the biggest scenes yeah. so like on balance is it worth having them for the biggest scenes to have their impact mm. but they're only like half an hour out of what felt like two hours. It's way more than two hours. I think it's a solid two and a half. Well, there you go. Two hours <laughs> of know, got my own home. <laughs> excellent scenes and <laughs> set pieces. Mm. The framing device of this was, we did in fact finally sort out taking our wife to yeah. see moments <laughs> as a surprise, which was the hardest uh who knew how hard it was to surprise someone? It's it's, it was the worst thing for three neurodiverse people to do <laughs> with anything. We were all like the most anxious, like, oh, we're doing this wrong. We're doing it badly. What are we going to say? We've got to have six different backup plans and none of them came to fruition. <laughs> she definitely knows that we're planning something. <laughs> and like, obviously me and Sarah, so we went and watched this a week ago. Me and Sarah have talked about it many times in the week since she was like I guess it's good that I asked literally no questions like there was times where I thought oh it's weird they want to go on a Tuesday a Wednesday would be better but they're all talking about Tuesday so I'm fine with it so I was like <laughs> thank god but know that we had like 10 bullets in the chamber of any question you could have possibly asked us <laughs> and then also when we got home from seeing Les Mis, she was like, oh, like, I still can't get over how nice it was that you guys did that. I loved it so much. So, like, how much was the ticket? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, um, that was your present that yeah. we got you, Les Mis. <laughs> she was like, oh, really? That's so nice. So I was like, imagine if we could, like, surprise the bill. <laughs> you have no choice in this. You're seeing Les Mis. Here's the price of the ticket. Pay up right now. <laughs> I also kind of didn't expect her to enjoy it yeah. as much as she did. I guess because I was so reticent with Lameless for so long, <laughs> even though we would been doing the podcast for years, I feel like I'm only in my enjoyment arc <laughs> in the last like year or two. Yeah. But she loved it. And then part two of this episode, I, or I guess as we go through, this weekend she then was like, we have to watch the movie again. <laughs> So she's not had enough blame this. She's been listening to the soundtrack. Uh, how can we get her next? I, uh, our, um, our housemate was like, I really feel like you've kind of betrayed me. <laughs> you've gotten really into blame this. Like, why did you let Nemo infect you? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just constantly like, you can't judge me for liking it. It was made to be enjoyed. <laughs> but I feel like that's not true of the book. Hmm. Huh, yeah, that's true. I I, I think that my favourite Sarah quote about it was something like, it's for the mass markets and I'm the mass market, that I was like, huh, mm, yeah, all right. So. I see that. But I was still like, but you actually enjoyed it? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, I do wonder as well, like, I really want to talk to, because obviously you didn't know anything about it when you watched it the first time. Or you know a little bit about it, but you didn't know a lot about it. I do want to talk to someone. I want to bring someone to it who who hasn't known me for seven years or however long we've known Sarah to go in and see what just raw and untouched mm. is looks like to them because I think they've done a better job at explaining some things. They've also cut a lot of lines in this one. Even between now and November, I knew that I, I, I recognised that there were bits that they've cut out. Um, yeah. So I think it makes it slightly even more streamlined than before but it's like where's the where's the i don't know yeah i don't know i i i so but yeah it does surprise me that sarah enjoyed it and then yeah it doesn't surprise me because it's made for a mass market it's it's meant to be enjoyed but i was still like huh because <laughs> i'm now trying to think how i felt after we i watched it for the first time when mm. we went I don't even know if we were out of Bishop Muriel yet. I think we had got to Fontaine. 
Okay. Because we went to see it because of Carly Stenson. Yeah, so we must have been at Fontaine. But yeah, yeah that, that's still very early into the thing. And I enjoy, I enjoy musicals. I enjoy a spectacle. Yeah. I really love this one more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I remember you commenting on after the the one we went to see before was the lighting, the yellow and blue lighting. Yeah. That that I was like, that's all that stuck with me of your review. <laughs> I mean, that's all that did stick with me, clearly for years. Um, yeah. They sorted that out. <laughs> they have. In this one. They really have. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to try and go through remembering what we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I guess the first thing coming to mind is Bishop Muriel. Mm. He's not the first scene, but like, he's just always a delight. He was in a very excellent robe. Yes, he was. He was so young. Yeah. <laughs> That's really been the, the meme of this experience. Uh, actually, there's been many, but he looked about 20. And it was really giving this energy to when he's like touching... Jean Valjean's heart <laughs> and seeing in his face that I was like I feel like we've talked about shipping this before but oh my god yeah he was he was definitely like they were very the same age and very excitable and he was giving everything in it and I do think mm. that we went to see it on an understudy day because I think everyone was shifted around because I think and I don't think that this is usual because I'm looking at the cast and creatives page and I'm already really hard, difficult at telling white men apart anyway. Um, but we definitely had an understudy of Andras, so it wasn't Jordan Shaw. And usually the swing who uh, takes Andras is Ollie Ray, but I don't think it was Ollie Ray. I think it was the guy who usually plays um, Montparnasse, who is Harry Jack. And I think that the person who usually plays the bishop... Donald Craig Manuel wasn't playing the bishop this time and I think it was one of these other white men <laughs> potentially Cameron Burt or Brad Barnley um we should have been adding men in this the week since to be like who did we have <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah it was a very young like man and he was definitely giving it his puppy dog like you're gonna be my best friend now <laughs> yeah because there's just been so many things that, like, Sarah has come out of only watching this play. Like, mm. she doesn't listen to our episodes. She's not followed us on this journey. Like, she's experienced me ranting about things with Les Mis. I guess I'm always just surprised. Maybe she just has listened so much, and I'm always like, what? People are listening. Um, but then she was like, oh, my God, Bishop Muriel. And I was like, what? Why do you love him? You didn't have to read, like, 300 pages about him. But it was because, like... His first scene, and we were already like in the intermission chatting about how great his robe was and their weird chemistry that I, I'm very here for. Mm. But at the end, when Bishop Muriel hugged Jean Valjean, she mm. just has loved Bishop Muriel since. <gasps> and um, at the end of, so then we watched the movie musical on Saturday. Mm. When Jean Valjean is like shambling towards Bishop Muriel, she was just like, again, again, and it cuts away before that can happen. She was like, no, like, oh my god, I can't believe how invested you are in Bishop Muriel, our best boy. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I, I and I remember when that was added into this staging as well that I was like, yeah, he gets a hug at the end. It was so nice. Like, obviously, we were hit so here for it. I think it, that's what I found interesting mm. about watching Sarah watch this play. Mm. It's how many points are so similar to things that we felt and how many characters she loved that we loved. Mm. I guess we thought Sarah brains out, but, you know, we were like, she's come out of it in a very similar place as us, except you've been in this for, like, what feels like your whole life and I've been in it for what feels like at least half of my whole life <laughs> one one staging and she's already right here with us that's the magic of oh <laughs> I was gonna say the magic of um staging baby but then my brain was like no actually that's the power of marriage baby <laughs> <laughs> I did check as well, and Harry Jack was the person that we had for Andras. So hell yeah, I, I identified that white man good. Oh, well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to Andras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Bishop loved. I didn't. So in the one that we saw years ago, uh, with the in the revolving wheel. Hmm. So the bishop doesn't come out at the end. No. Uh. No, he doesn't. Okay. So another reason why this one's better, yeah, and yeah. that you're wrong. Yeah. And then so another thing I don't remember. In our one, that we just saw. Mm. In my production. <laughs> Um, we had um, Petit Gervais. Yes, yeah. Was that that wasn't in? No, it wasn't in the previous one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you get a Petit Gervais scene. Yeah. Um, which is just like great flavor for I guess the freaks who know the (laughs) book. Yeah, yeah. And and in that same scene, he helps a little girl up. Um and is like tries to touch her and then she's taken yeah. away and I'm like that's very good foreshadowing yes good job good job yeah it, it felt like someone had actually reskimmed the book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had actually read it for once mm. so love to see some Petit Gervais uh oh my god my brain is now trying to fire too much <laughs> uh we were well I don't know that there was any concern that. Javert wasn't going to have his ponytail mm. but I was worried that if he didn't Sarah wouldn't care about him yeah yeah <laughs> but Sarah couldn't love Javert more <laughs> yes yeah, so we had a, a David Thaxton Javert and John Robbins Jean Valjean for anyone who cares about that kind of thing but I'm yeah. obsessed with that Javert yeah he was very good and he's gone more unhinged because it's the same pairing that I saw like the same actors that I saw in November and I think since November to now, they've gone even more unhinged and even more homoerotic for each other. Yeah, because I'm sure we've skipped many things to just get to Javert, but I loved so much, and like I, I, I wish I like knew the language to describe it better. But in the like first half, mm. when Javert's kind of on top of his shit and is just like so confident. He's doing the job he wants to do. Mm. The way he was singing, um, the only way I like was able to put it was that it was like very like jazzy, mm. um, where the music is doing what the music is meant to do, but he's playing with the like rhythm and the stress of what mm. he, he he was. It was that he was just like sliding around the lyrics, mm. which just gave him that like I'm head bitch I'm so confident <laughs> I'm all that so that when in the second half when because I remember Nemo describing the, <laughs> that you saw Javert like having a weird breakdown and just kind of moaning and I was like what the fuck yeah but I've never seen a man have a bigger mental breakdown on stage <laughs> and it was so good and it was just like from how much he was like playing around with the way he was speaking in the first half, mm. giving him that confidence, made when he just lost his mind in the second half, it was just such good contrast. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're now barely able to like croak out what you're going through now. Like it was just like such good choices. I loved it so much. I'm I'm just sitting here and being like, <laughs> <laughs> got him, <laughs> and because I remember. Nemo, you you first saw the staging in Japan, wasn't it? I did, yes, yeah. When you were talking about how homoerotic the like chain fight was, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm ready for how homoerotic this was. And you're just like not actually ready. No, but there's, there's choking, there's grabbing, there's there's a lot of like one of you's on the floor with your legs splayed, getting pulled by the chain across the ground. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot. <laughs> And like uh, we were, we only talked to each other about our feelings on the first half. Yeah. In the intermission, and then it was like we must keep all our, the rest of our thoughts <laughs> for the mic. <laughs> um, but that as the Fontaine that we interviewed a hundred years ago was mm, it Carly? Carly Stenson. That on the wheel production in the, the confrontation in the on the revolve. <laughs> Montines just has to like lay there dead while Jean Valjean and Javert just like spit over her. <laughs> yeah. Whereas she's like tastefully off to the side so that they can pr- truly grapple across the stage. <laughs> yeah. But this is like 
Sarah loves a character with a ponytail. Mm-hmm. So that was already good. And she was like, okay, who's this? What she loved most about Javert. <laughs> um, and I told her to give me some quotables for, for this. This is part of a larger point that she has. But um, for Sarah, the comic relief is Javert. Mm, yeah. <laughs> she was like, he's not trying to be. He has no joy in his heart. And that's what makes him so funny. Wow, that's brutal. He would die. <laughs> Javert would actually kill himself if he heard those words. Okay, yeah, okay, here we go. Main thought, found Javert really funny because he's so inappropriate. He just can't read a room once. No, yeah, it's true. He can't. <laughs> this is my Javert agenda. And I can see why he kills himself. <laughs> because he's like, this is my whole thing. And that's my whole personality. And now that that's been called into question... And I have no life outside of Jean Valjean. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Because when um, when the confrontation, like it starts, I guess at the end of Javert and Fontaine having a sad little song, Fontaine dies and Javert, uh, Jean Valjean, sorry, is respectfully like, I don't know, is he like folding her hands or something? Like, yeah. S- sat by her dead body. And Javert just like springs onto stage like, aha! <laughs> And Sarah actually laughed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can't. He can't read a room. And I mean, that's the energy of um, you can have my hat. Um, he is yeah. the baddest bitch in the room. And his nails are like a woman's claws. So <laughs> He's, yeah, he, he did everything he needed to do and more, actually. <laughs> the Valver agenda is growing. Because <laughs> I think... Ah, uh, okay. This has reminded me of some other things to to bring up, but I think that ah, uh, uh, the me, like they were fine, mm. but it was all about Jean Valjean and Javert. But I do also find it hard to tell because I've now been so infected by whatever is wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm like, maybe the me was good, but I now have the <laughs> mental health problem where all I care about is Javert. <laughs> Hey, okay. Two things can be true at the same time. <laughs> you do have the mental health problem where everything is about Javert, but also we had second understudies. Like, we didn't even have first cover. We had second cover, Andra. Uh-huh. So I think that they were very, very shuffled. And and to be fair, whenever I do... Because, you know, there are, there are bits where uh-huh. it's like Valjean and Javert and then it's the ME and you kind of like shift your attention. I do shift my attention fully onto the ME because I have a friend called Penny who I, is the other person that I go and see the show with a billion times and she's way more into the ER side. Mm-hmm. And so when I do see the show, I focus on the ER so that we have something to talk about. Yeah. And I had hopes for this, Andras, because... <laughs> In the in the one day more, when he was like striding forward, he had such a like hip swaying, fruity act. <laughs> it like, was a fruit. It was so like that video of the like um, it's like a, a vine of the like eighties kind of dancing. You know when they're doing the like swinging their arms and they've got the like sweatband over their yeah. foreheads and they're wearing the like bright pink like mesh and stuff like that it was like that vibe of like walking that I was like oh Andras okay <laughs> one of the girlies <laughs> um and so I was like you know fully keeping my attention on in him and also because I hadn't seen him before I was kind of expecting Jordan Shaw who I'd seen last time but got him and I was like oh what's this guy gonna bring to it but yeah like the ER I was very like disappointed by their interactions I was like make it fruitier no I actually have a lot of thoughts on the um Angelas and Grantaire Uh interactions I was actually very here for this different maybe I was just like reading too much into it um because you had said that you always watch for that mm. and because as you'd said in the in the halftime <laughs> uh, how uh, <laughs> on the one hand i've got you musical theater friend on the other hand i have my wife sports fan <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know how to talk about anything <laughs> 
back intermission mm. i'm gonna start calling uh halftime intermission i like halftime actually and i think that i want to bring that into every musical okay. theater space that i'm in so that okay, i don't good. look like one of the musical theater people so intermission <laughs> is now halftime and halftime is now intermission so yeah. we're upsetting everyone we're around yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what That's, we like to do yeah, yeah um until i write my like uh baseball musical anyway carry oh no, on. then we're then we're back in, in, in business. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Enjolras, yeah, in the first half was very, like, I guess if he's the second swing, you could tell how thrilled he was to be here. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was very um, newborn puppy <laughs> <laughs> striding around, which made rewatching the film on Saturday so funny because it was, like, the most somber Enjolras. <laughs> like, I, he doesn't smile once in the film. It felt like mm. everything is so serious, whereas our guy was just like, hee hee hee. <laughs> I'm on the West End stage in the main role, baby. <laughs> but, okay, I guess we're jumping to ER now. Yeah. What they were giving me was, we were together once, mm. we are now divorced, uh-huh. and they're actually... It's, it was it's actually almost more like I, I remember talking about when I, I read some of the fix because I wanted to get a flavor and that a lot of fix are like I, I think it's because none of us are perfect so it's easier to um what's the word where you like easier to project yourself onto Grantaire yeah 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 so I feel like there is the vibe of even though like you love Enjolras mm. and you love the ship you kind of want. <laughs> Some groveling and penance <laughs> yes. from Angelas for like <laughs> treating Grotter like shit. Yeah. So it was kind of giving me that where like Angelas was actually doing more of the reaching out. Mm. So the scenes I was really thinking of was um so Grotter it was super like shepherding um Gavroche around like mm. he was very much his little boy. Um, his little son. So when Gavroche starts singing his little people song and he's climbing mm. over the barricade and w- with the staging that we had, you can't really see Gavroche doing that. No, you can't. So the fo- main focal point is like how everyone is reacting. Mm. And Grantaire like scrambled after Gavroche and then it becomes clear like, I can't go grab him. And he turned back to Enjolas, <laughs> who I guess is closer to the audience. Yeah. So you're seeing the more of the back of Enjolas. And the fucking look Grantaire was giving him is like, this is absolutely your fault mm. that this has happened. Like, you've put this into his head. You, you've done this, and I can't forgive you for this. Mm. Like, it was seething... Mm. And then Gavroche dies and gets carried back over and Grant Hare is in bits. Mm. And then he... Oh, I think I missed a bit. Because there's like a couple songs and there was there was definitely one where... Because I can't remember if this happened in Drink With Me or not. Like, what the order of events are. Is Drink With Me af- before or after Gavroche dies? Because I feel like there was a song where everyone's kind of like clasping arms and... Enjolas was like going over to clasp arms with Grantaire and Nemo, as you'd said, like in some productions, they like do a bro pet on the back and other ones, they look like they're about to kiss. Mm. In this one, Enjolas goes over and Grantaire just gave him the cold shoulder and just like walked away, like gave him nothing. Mm. So that was when I was like, oh, divorced vibes. And then they're like, this is your fucking fault that my child has gone to die mm. for your ideals. Yeah. Because then it's only once Gavroche's body has been brought back over mm. that Grant Hare finally like, looks over at Anjolas and Anjolas, like hugs him and they like embrace over the body. Yeah, yeah. That it's only then, I guess, when it's like, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah. What am I holding on to this for? And then Anjolas goes to die. <laughs> well, I guess he wasn't just going to die. <laughs> That wasn't his plan, but like that's what happened. Yeah. And Grantaire is like going up after him to yeah. also die. So like I was actually really here for the I was really getting divorced mm. years ago vibes. Mm. And then like that moment of like, well, we're gonna go anyway, so I might as well be with you in this last moment. Mm. 
So that's what I felt. But they didn't get to have a last moment in this one, which I found was really weird because usually what happens is Andras goes up and Gontera is right behind him. And then Andras has his like bang, bang on the top moment and then falls. And then Gontera has the final bang. But this time it was like Andras was one of the first people to fall in the like bang, bang, bang stuff. And then other, all of the other Ami died. And then Grantaire went up. And I was like, what? How? how? <laughs> why mm. Why did Andreas not get to have the, like, final or the, like, semi-final death? <laughs> why was he killed so easily? That's strange. <laughs> why is your HP so low? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I do see the divorced energy thing. But then I get... Okay. So... And also maybe because the the Valver is so like homoerotically charged. Yeah, that... it was like mind melting. <laughs> like uh, like points where they are genuinely close enough to kiss and are doing the like on their knees in front of each other's crotches while desperately looking at each other um, kind of stuff. Whereas the ER then becomes very like... <laughs> Yeah, I guess the divorced energy goes there instead. Mm. Um, I mean, if I had my way, <laughs> there have been times where the ER in Drink With Me, that's where, yeah, that's either where they kiss or they don't, because that's the like focus moment of them coming together. So I think that's where I'm like, people will be paying attention to that moment whereas yeah. the like other moments you kind of have to be like watching out for them so but i've only this was only my second time and i was watching for their little yeah every little side eye and snubbed um <laughs> snubbed touch i guess yeah but i mean you are brain rotted with fat it's not like you went into this as a normal audience <laughs> member that's true i should have asked sarah what she thought of vr yeah because when we were watching the movie i was she was like okay so are these the two and i was mm. like yeah, yeah yeah this is the main i would say the main ship is these younger guys yeah but she came up but actually i was gonna be like but she's not got the brain rot and she came out of it jean valjean and javert but actually she does have the brain rot for an old man <laughs> <laughs> with a ponytail or Heart of Gold, which Jean Valjean has. So actually yeah. it was right in the... She made a Venn diagram of <laughs> the traits that she looks for in a character. She's also like got the brain rot of having me whispering sweet nothings into her ear for the last <laughs> seven years. Yeah, but you know, I'm very malleable. I'm like Play-Doh. <laughs> if Sarah, Sarah will just be like, No. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. True. That's true. Actually, so this is a success. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's the bigger win than I am, which is why I'm like, because I'm not surprised that you wore me down. <laughs> you eroded me quite easily. Whereas whenever... Like, quite Sarah's easily. It took me get. three years. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It, she was easier. Yeah. Put it that way. She saw it once and she was in on it. You had to... It took you, like, secretly pining after Javert for a year. <laughs> it wasn't the secret fighting for a year it was like he'd had one sassy scene and I was like am I in love with Javert <laughs> yeah this is true oh she fell so quick Sarah you were too easy for Javert <laughs> okay I, I should have asked her how she felt about but she already had to hear my rant about how I was loving the divorced dad yeah. <laughs> and she didn't really have anything to add to that Mm, which means so I don't you think probably she didn't much think of about it. Yeah. yeah. Because they were too bland. Only someone who cares about the fucking <laughs> divorced, hurt, comfort. Yeah. <laughs> 600k AU. That's too long for you, but. Yeah. Okay. You got me. <laughs> but I was very. I, yeah. <laughs> Said to dear. I was very here for what they were serving me on that evening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess the other, like, large, not point of contention at all, because actually we all agree almost too much. So I wasn't sure. I didn't really think about it, like, what she would think of the Tenardiers. Mm. But I was very. I guess I felt like I was surprised, whether or not I should have been. That, like, even in the first half, that she was like, why are the Tenardiers the clown characters? Mm. Why are they comic relief when, like, they're kind of 
they're they're kind of awful, aren't they? And I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> but how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some of her chaotic thoughts on the Tenardios. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, which was just like, oh, it's a bit dark then being the comic reliefs. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but like, yes, it that it is dark that they're the comic relief. But mm. I feel like in this production, it the vibe was very much that they were just trying to give like, oh no, we're just like a bit neglectful of Cosette. Yeah. No, like, overt child abuse or anything. Yeah. And I guess like Sarah just does have a strong sense of justice and this is why she <laughs> loves her first so much. We're just like, yeah, and like it, they're but that they're awful. Like why why would you have them be comic relief and mm. like m- minimize and kind of trivialize the shit they get up to? Mm. Because the narrative, at least in these ones, because like I, I told her like, oh you know, like in the end of the book, at least Tenardier is like fine, isn't he? He goes off and Yeah. <laughs> gets slaves or something. Yeah. But in the theatre production, it's like, you know, at the end of the play, they're kind of fine. Like, yeah. they're at a party, having a good time. So I was like, oh, you know, that kind of is sort of reflects the book where it's like, yeah, sometimes people like this, like, do just sort of manage to float to the top. Yeah. But that by giving them the comic relief roles, like, the the people who were playing them, they were so good. Like, they were... St- so talented they were like very charismatic really good um comic actors yeah so like it's not a complaint about them like even the the other time we saw it like they're just you get people in those roles who are like really good at what they do Mm. but because you've put these characters in these roles that of course the whole audience loves Mm -hmm. it that it that is what makes it seem like it's sort of fine and <laughs> trivializing what kind of people they are. Yeah. And they 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 definitely play it like these ones more than most. Um Gerard or Jared, Gerard, <laughs> Carrie and Josefina Gabrielle. They do play it more panto, I think. Yeah, it was very panto, which like I love a panto, so I was mm. like, oh my like you're masters of your cla- of your craft. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some Tenardiers that like play it more straight as in like isn't so much talking to the audience or like the the Tenardiers do break the fourth wall the most you know they well they're the only ones who break the fourth wall I think no Gavron well he's a Tenardier um (laughs) so technically I wasn't wrong um but yeah these ones Jared Carey I've seen quite a few times and he definitely like eats it up like really plays of the audience quite a lot and mm. is very like I'm in a panto you're going to reply to me which does gear you to like being on his side right because it's like I mean you're participating and thus you are <laughs> entertained are you not entertained um yeah I I don't like it it makes me feel bad <laughs> but like that's the role he's like it's written to be yeah yeah like that like as you're saying like there, there are people who play it more seriously but like they're written with jokes yeah so like god my brain like agreeing with you yeah like yeah, yeah. That, that's where the like i guess cognitive their cognitive dissonance comes in where you're like i am enjoying your performance and you are performing a comedic character why did they write these characters to be the comedic characters? Yeah. Because, like, they, you know, they get... They actually... I was, I was worried. I feel like when we saw it the first time, I feel like they did get the biggest claps. They did, they did. But, like, Arge of Jean Valjean... Yeah. Killed it. He was so Our, good. Um, Eponine, oh my god. Yeah. She destroyed everyone. Yeah. Um, Tanya, Nathania, Ong. Yeah, she's great. She like she was her voice was so powerful. It was. Yeah. And and it was the same one I saw last time where I was like you don't realize how much how little she has sung until she sings the uh on my own. Yeah. Bit. That's like oh fuck. <laughs> You're the I only bitch out here doing a <laughs> <your> job. <laughs> so like they rightfully those claps were just everyone was losing their minds so I was like okay okay good good but like yeah you're like on the one hand you're like oh I wish that everyone wasn't 
laughing at the Tenardier characters. Mm. But then you're like, they have been written exactly to do this, so like, how can you blame an audience for that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's more as people who've interacted with the texts more. But, so saying that, Sarah didn't. She was just like, oh, well, I saw was them being neglectful of a child, and she was already like, <laughs> what's all this? And I was like, ha, 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 have I ever loved you more? <laughs> <laughs> And then, but then she was like, oh, well, I guess, like, if they weren't the comic relief, who would you have? And then on the one hand, I was like, do you have to have comic relief? But then she was like, oh, it's Marius and Javert. They already were the comic relief. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I mean, also, there are so many, like, situations that are comic relief. And you have Gavroche, who can be comic comedic relief, who is in the novel. Yeah, like, I doubt at this point they're going to change. The oh, role. yeah, they're going to rewrite the entire thing. No. Yeah. But if they were to, mm, mm. those are our notes for them. Because, yeah, like, that was so the other character that um, I loved our Marius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, where you're like, what if that's just how that man sounds and he wasn't doing a character choice? <laughs> I don't want to be making fun of a real man. <laughs> uh, Robert Tripolino. But I believe in my heart that he just knew what the assignment was. Yeah, yeah. He played us the most beautifully pathetic Marius. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Sarah, since uh, watching the show last week, both of us have been trying to hunt down our favorite version of the soundtrack. Mm. And there's ones where Marius sounds like an adult man, and you're like, that's just incorrect. Yeah. Like, you're a good singer, but this isn't right. The boy that we had... <laughs> The little voice he was doing, like, he <laughs> smashed it. He was so Marius that I was like, I loved him for making me hate Marius so much <laughs> in the way that you're meant, well, the way that I'm meant to. Yeah, yeah. He he is a head-in-the-clouds, silly little schoolboy who yeah, does a probably- little pirouette. <laughs> <laughs> he was, it felt such like, oh yeah, this is a little teen boy's first love like mm. it was so good and that he's another one that set so sarah was like marius and javert neither of them can read a room mm-hmm. so there were just so many times where marius would do something and again like sarah would be audibly laughing to herself like <laughs> the rest of the audience is silent <laughs> watching the like romance take place and sarah's laughing because of whatever tomfoolery he's doing yeah uh, we also saw like, it with our friend kath who was sat next to me and they kept anytime marius did anything kath would just do the what the fuck <laughs> Like immediately climbing over Cosette's um, fence post into her garden, and Kath was like, "What are you doing, you stalker?" <laughs> the the best one <laughs> was that like we've all just seen Evanine get like like visually with her eyeballs, we all just saw her get shot. Yeah, <laughs> and he's immediately like. Oh my god, how is Cosette? And Sarah started laughing. I was like, this is about to be a really sad scene. <laughs> he was, yeah, like that was an A star. No notes. Perfect mm. performance. I feel like I had more to say about Marius. <laughs> it does make me wonder with the like, you know, because we're seeing it. I mean, we're seeing it as a group of people who are very particular anyway, but also, like, it's changed since the 80s. But the, like, he climbs over the fence into her garden, because it's garden, and then sings a, oh god, I'm doing everything all wrong. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, the the immediate... I mean, because you also don't see... Well, I guess you do see a bit of the stalking, because he asks Eponine what her address is but you don't see the like months and months of stalking Cosette that you just see the like haha they knock into each other then haha um he's at her gate singing her a song in the very like Romeo and Juliet like very obviously Romeo and Juliet thing where she's on the balcony and he was on a balcony this time yeah yeah doing the like We'd only just had the line that was from Victor Hugo himself <laughs> being like, oh, Romeo had it harder because he had to climb a balcony. Marius didn't even oh, have to yeah. do that. Oh so I was God. like, oh my God, I 
Yay! They read the bit. They put her on a balcony. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, this Marius had it harder. Well, he didn't have to climb a balcony, but he did climb over a fence gate, which I was like <laughs> watching the back of your head, Stevie, because I was sat behind you with the like the fence gate. And I was like, there's not enough vines on that gate. Uh, um, <laughs> they can see straight into the street. Yeah. Uh, there needs to be more chased, luscious bushes. <laughs> I loved. See, this is where like I loved the staging mm. so much. Because we had the fence for him to try and shuffle himself over. And then it was also, he sees her up on the balcony. They look at each other. He starts, I don't know, say, proclaiming something. She runs into the house. And you're like, you know she's going to come out. Yeah. But it's that moment where she runs away and he's just like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Where you just like... I enjoyed living in that moment of like, what if she just doesn't... Like, you just scared her off. She's not coming outside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are that pathetic that would be that would be a great au what if she just went no i'm in love with alfred uh, where's alfred where's Al- alfred didn't show up no that we know of uh uh well i mean yeah my head canon is that the you with the burkids listen to this yeah as we you have no friends as we were surprised that Victor Hugo, of all people, isn't going to mm. be like, I literally have a Lancer here in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Ready to use again. So, yeah, no, we are even more um, utilitarian Justified? with oh. our characters. <laughs> <laughs> Every character will show up again and have four rolls. There will be fate. There will be double rolling. The second covers yep. do not get a day off. <laughs> I had skipped in my uh, getting to that Marius should be the uh, the comic relief. Mm. What really jarred Sarah was in the last three numbers. What uh, maybe I do need to look up the song list. I feel like anyone else who would be listening to this, except for Kath, <laughs> would just like know our current favorite of the soundtracks for anyone who wants to follow along with what me and Sarah are up to, is Les Miserables, the stage concert brackets, the sensational 2020 live recording. (laughs) Whoa, the 2020 live recording. Oh, interesting. So, some songs I feel like are one song, but might actually be two songs. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so what I think she meant is that you get Valjean's confession. Yeah. Which is quite a, like, emotional, like... (laughs) Was it sad, that song? He yeah. is like, I'm going to go. Be- yeah, there we go. And then the, the last song where Valjean is sadding himself to death and Cosette's like, please don't go farther. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm going to go anyway. And like sandwiched between these very emotional gut-punching songs are the Tonadiers, like having a bash. Yeah. And that that was what she found really tonally, tonally jarring. The like, what is this song doing here? Mm. And that that was the moment where she was like, oh, they're gonna like they're fine. Mm. They're gonna get away with it all. There is no consequences. Mm. But that I was like, well, you know, that is what happens in the book. Blah blah blah. She was yeah. like, but that she actually did prefer about that song in the. Movie musical, if you mm. can believe a bit of that one being better, is that actually over the course of that song, they're actually being ejected yeah. from the party. Yeah. And so their song at the wedding, mm. I remembered Nemo telling me <laughs> yeah. that they had changed some lyrics. I did remember when we watched the um the wheel yeah. version mm-hmm. that they have the like um. I can't even remember what the actual lyrics are, whether like, this one's a queer, this one's a Jew. This one's a prince, this one's a Jew, that one's a queer, what can you do? That one! I remember you saying that they changed some of those lyrics, so I was like, okay, I'll try and listen out for this. Then he's like, they got rid of the Jew thing, so you're like, okay, they clearly were like, okay, something here needs to change. Mm. Great, get rid of it. (laughs) They kept this one's a queer. Yeah. And then the following line was, Bet he likes quiche. Yeah. For the life of me, I cannot remember what they were trying to rhyme quiche with. Nouveau riche. That one's a prince. He's nouveau riche. He looks queer. I bet he likes quiche is the new lyrics. That final line was so flat (laughs) and so unfunny. 
Like it was so clunky that even <laughs> I remember, like when we watched when we watched the one on the wheel or what? What's the actual? What was the term you said? The, the revolving one. So when we watched the revolve, the whole audience is laughing at the original lyrics about them being queer and yeah. uh, and that you're just sort of sat there like, ah. <laughs> the line about the quiche was so bad. That no one even left. That even a homophobic, lamest <laughs> meme audience was like, what are you saying? But it was because, you know, like, you know, we personally have reclaimed <laughs> queer for ourselves. Love the word queer. Yeah. I don't even super mind if it's used in things. Yeah. If it's like, but, you know, I was just like, you know, if the line had been funny. Yeah. I would be like, yeah, great. Do it. I would but... prefer you call me a faggot live on stage <laughs> than doing a shit rhyme with quiche. It was just so bad that it, like, retroactively, even though it's only the line after, it made the fact they kept queer, like, it made it worse. <laughs> yeah. But even Sarah was like, oh my god, I felt what it feels like to maybe be offended. <laughs> This from a group of people who sat and watched the Fast and Furious franchise where they drop an F-bomb and all of us are like, ugh. But then you're like, no, you know what? It's in the time period. You know, like, we'll allow it. We'll. This makes sense for this to be here. So actually, we were like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> but the queer line yeah. was just so bad and not like i think for (laughs) i don't know if this is bad that for me because it was so unfunny that's what made it so bad for me like yeah i wouldn't have cared that it's there if it wasn't so the line is just so weak that's what it was yeah (laughs) but it was like if even like you're not getting a chuckle out of anyone yeah also this from the three people who went and watched dear evan hansen together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where everyone is laughing away at all of the like, uh <laughs> no homo that, bullshit. That sounds like what? What was the? Ter- there were some terrible lines in Dear Evan Hansen about like, oh fuck, I wish I could remember it. Blah, blah, blah. The the not gay song. Well, there's two of well, them. There's, there's that whole song, but there's like a where. Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> all I can think about is quiche. It's a really weak, not funny line that actually makes no sense. Mm. You know, where you're like, clearly that isn't a gay term. Like, like it's 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 nothing, but it gets a big laugh. Yeah, it does. So for no one to laugh at this <laughs> bit, I was yeah. actually shocked that no one laughed, but also it was like, yeah, look, if no one, there is silence from the audience from that one like you could almost feel the like what <laughs> everyone trying to be like wait what's the homophobic slur that's trying to be referenced here oh well <laughs> maybe harping on too much but I, it was just like almost unbelievable like it, it was shocking scenes they're <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you need to make it more offensive so at least it'll get a fucking chuckle out yeah, of someone literally. like the 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 astounded confusion <laughs> Just really, like, I think said it all for me that you're like, it's actually not worth even keeping the queer line if you're going to get nothing. That's what I, I don't th- understand is, like, they changed it. So why didn't they make it funny? <laughs> or, like, <laughs> they kept queer in there. Why? They could have changed all of the lines. Like, keep that one's a prince because that's not offensive to anyone. Well, meh. <laughs> uh, but, like... <sighs> Is Keisha reference that we don't understand? No, well, like, what I think it is, because it's a stretch, is the, like, oh, because I think he specifically means, like, queer men. Yeah. Oh, they eat their fancy posh food because they're queers. Yeah. Like, you know, with, like, like sparkling water was such a thing of, like, oh, only gay people drink that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is what it's getting at. I sorry, I just went on Urban Dictionary and the first definition was like you used to describe someone who is hotter than hot. Oh my god, Hugo is so quiche. <laughs> okay, it's fine to be in there now. Okay. Well now we'll go back and we'll laugh uproariously <laughs> and be like, yeah he is. Uh, as long as we can bring meaning to it, it's funny and good actually. 
Yeah, but yeah, nothing. nothing. The audi- we gave the audience gave him absolutely nothing, and you could tell that he knew there was nothing we could give. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it felt like he was actually embarrassed having to say the line. Yeah. For the first time he didn't like play with it. He just said the line like because as quickly as possible. Nothing. It was like it was it's not even a it's not a joke. No. <laughs> like it was nothing. <laughs> so yeah, I can't believe it's there. For the amount of gay people who work on a show like this. Because I'm not even like maybe it's bad of me, but like I'm not even being like you shouldn't still be using queer mm. in the stand because you're like he. Well, he's meant to be a bastard character. Yeah, I know he's so haha and funny, relatable comic relief in this in the theater shows. Mm. But like, yeah, he would be using slurs at people. So mm. fine, whatever. <laughs> Just like do it properly. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like I was already like. Yeah, I, I know I've already said it, but queer comes first. I was like, okay, there's the line. But it was the bet he eats quiche that I was like, unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Herbert Kretzmer died at 95 years old two years ago. And oh, wow. he earned a total of approximately $20 million from Les Miserables royalties. Oh, where's all in this royalties? <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know who's been doing the 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 lyric touch-ups now that he's dead. Well, I guess we'll just have to see in another five years. Just like fiddle with that one a bit more. Yeah, there's gotta be another rhyme in there. There's gotta be something. <laughs> it was just bad. Um, and that yeah, like it is like. Do you think is the thinking behind it like oh, but you can't if you're sad and then you're sad some more in a different way. How are you meant to really feel that? So they've got to like raise you back up to feel sad again. Mm. But as you get what Sarah was saying, where it was like, where she was just like, oh, like what's this doing here? Oh, now I'm sad again. Yeah. But I guess they wanted to round their story off. I think, yeah, I think it is the emotional thing. And I think it's the like last big bombastic number for them to get a big cheer out before we go into the the final bits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I liked with the, um, I don't know, I can't remember what they did on the Revolve, but it was like every, so in the final song, when Javert, like, Javert, oh my god, Javert's already dead. Um, (laughs) Oh my god, Javert's final number though, because by then he is properly at the end of his mental breakdown. Yeah. He's, he is screaming and crying and throwing up. Like, fully, fully screaming, crying, throwing up. Actually, Not even a joke. Giving everything. Like he's hitting the, the like the notes when he needs to hit the notes, but when he can get away with just like choking yeah. and crying, he is doing it. Like yeah. this was such a like <laughs> visceral and raw <laughs> performance from this man. <laughs> Guttural oh, moaning. It was like as soon as he saw Gavroche's body, yeah. the breakdown began yeah. where it was like consequences hit him and he was like, it was the groaning equivalent of like, oh shit. Yeah. His, yeah, his final song, he was dragging himself painfully through it. It was so good. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get to the, the final, final song. Jean Valjean's like... <laughs> looking like he's aged 40 years in his chair (laughs) yeah and it was like every time fontine would come swooping in it was like we knew that as soon as she'd like actually touch his shoulder he'd die Mm. because she like came in was about to take his hand and then cosette comes in and she like drifted away as if she got to have the choice of being like no i'm gonna let them have this final moment that i never got to have Mm. because she's god actually yeah (laughs) yes yeah, would like keep drifting in, but whenever they had something to say, would drift back out, and then like, yeah, at the final end, took his hand, and you're like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, and then Bishop Muriel's there. Their hug was so good. <laughs> Sarah leaned over, like, he's still twenty. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't age at all. He was just such. He was just such a young Bishop Muriel, <laughs> <laughs> a young hot boy. Yeah. Um, they have a really good hug, and that's why she fell in love with, with Bishop Muriel. And then, yeah, and then we rewatched the movie. Mm. And you're like, oh, 
these sure are meant to have tunes. <laughs> it's doing something different. And Sarah was actually, Sarah commented on the like, did the colour grading just change in this scene? And I was like, aha! <laughs> it's not just me. We do share a singular brain cell. <laughs> um, but we had a good time. Yeah. It's been a good lame is week, I guess. You really did it. <laughs> you really got us all. Yeah, I'm, I am trying to think like what what I can get you what? to to watch next. But where do you go from here, Nemo? Now that you got everyone, that is true. I was th- like, I did go and see Oklahoma the day after I saw Les Mis. That I was like, maybe this is my this could be my new obsession. Sure. <laughs> I need a new I need a new musical to base my entire life around. That's also mm. based on a novel. It's probably really racist given the subject theme of it. Um but maybe that's another PhD waiting to happen right there. Yeah. I've not seen that one. Based on nothing at all except for how much especially these two southern gays that I listen to mm. really love it. I was like is it just rent but southern? <laughs> That's actually very funny. Okay, well, I can't wait to go on that journey. But we actually can't let some other musical become our personalities until I finish this book. Yeah, that's true. We've got to get through the end um, before we divert to the next book that we're going to get through. Mm. But now that Sarah more... Because Sarah has watched the Lamers movie before. Mm. But she feels like she now understands more now she's seen the theatre one. And then rewatch the movie again. So, like, now that she knows the, like, at least the theatre version core plot, mm. she's now ready to rewatch Orinaki Tabaji. Yeah! <laughs> the remix! Yeah! I'm sure she would have just done it anyway, but I've wanted an excuse to rewatch it. God, when's the Orinaki Tabaji musical gonna happen? Oh, Nemo! <laughs> should be what you're working towards yeah it should be what i'm working towards and the tenardiers will not be the comic relief in our version no your version it's our version (laughs) bugs bunny meme yes um so if you stuck with it i'm sure you'll have to in the future listen to us talk about a staging or a movie of limers again but (laughs) Yeah, probably the same production in two more years. <laughs> when we finish the book, we'll go again. Well, I'll probably go before that, but um, I, just I will go again. Yes, all 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 of our family can go and watch um, Lemurs again to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Uh like we're nowhere near the end. We've definitely got at least another year. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh my god, what would we do for the final one? <laughs> Yeah, it did kind of hit me where I was like, we are ramping up to the end. Do I get really into, I don't know, war and peace? That's similarly long. Well, I was going to say, like, don't start yet, but, like, I guess you need to have forged ahead without Mm. me. And then I drag you along. Yeah. Okay, well, you can start thinking about it, but you're not allowed to love anyone more than Javert yet. How could I ever? (laughs) Oh, Javert was perfect. If you can go and see... Say his name again. David Thaxton. They're changing in March. So. Oh my God, you got to go soon. Yeah. I think it's 27th of March that they're changing. Um, mm-hmm. Go see it, I guess. <laughs> this is not a paid. God. <laughs> would you? Would we take money from Cameron McIntosh? At this I'm... point, I, I have been blacklisted from emails from them. So probably not. For real? Well, I've like I have emailed pretty much every department in the Lamish stage show, and I've not got any replies. And it's like there has to be some circular somewhere that's like you cannot reply to this person because otherwise somebody would accidentally reply, right? Even with <laughs> a like, um, sorry, I'm not in the office today. Yeah, because I would take his money. Yeah, but I guess. Do they make you? Do they make you sign contracts so like you literally are not allowed to say anything bad? Depends like, on what like you're your, taking. Like from them. your little Twitch streamers who aren't even allowed to have someone say that their product <laughs> isn't perfect when they're in the room together. Yeah. Otherwise, I would take the money 
and then you could just go off and then we split <laughs> yeah. the money and we we know we're splitting our opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this to say, so no to one's dear. paying us anything. No, literally. I just loved that Javert, I loved that Marius, loved Eponine. Jean Valjean was good. Like, everyone else was good. Just yeah. my star players. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would watch this man have a mental breakdown on stage again and yes. again. Well, if you needed any more convincing, I don't know. I feel like everyone here with us in the the audio room today <laughs> either went to see it with us or has seen it before. But um, yeah, this cast is is good. Hopefully you can get it on a Jordan Shaw day. I did like this on Joras, but I think he was, I mean, snooty voice, a second cover. So <laughs> I liked him. He was fine. Yeah, he was good. He sung well. Yeah. I guess because when we saw it on the revolver, Jean Valjean hit that note so hard oh that he yeah. stole the note from Enjolras. Yeah. So he I've did. never seen an uh, like if there are um, Enjolrases who give what Javert gave. Mm. I haven't experienced it, so for me, Enjolras being fine is fine. Yeah. Because these other characters are sucking the soul out of me. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go and see it with a strong Andreas because I do think that he was fine, and I don't think okay. that that's that's like not the default of the show. The default is he's good, <laughs> actually great, even. Um, okay, I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked I like I yeah he's fine yeah I liked what we had but um yeah well you go and see this thing so often that you go hunt us out a really like I won't come back. Until there's a really gay Angelus and Grantaire. Yeah, okay. How, how, that's, that's a deal. Great. Because I can't imagine anyone topping what the Valver energy was. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that nobody can top Valver. <laughs> get, get it? Tops. Anyway. <laughs> um, on that really, really great pun. It was still better than quiche. <laughs> Yeah, listen, hey, I've still got that. Hey, Cameron McIntosh. I just sent him an email straight to the top that's like, listen, you you can put me on the front burner and just change those four lyrics. That's all I need. I will resist, I will delete every episode of our podcast and burn my PhD before I get the doctorate just to change those four words. Would I do that? Hmm. I'd make empty promises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this has been Red and Barricades, Aluma's podcast. Also a heist on Cameron Macintosh. I have said die die Cameron Macintosh quite a lot of times to to ever get any money from him. But, you know, in 20 years time when I am shilling for him, you know, <laughs> somebody can play this at the litigation meeting. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or quibbles about the show, you can send us an email. I don't know why you would have any comments on our perfect opinions on this show, um, but you can send an email at lamerspodcast, L-E-S-M-I-S podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, lamerspodcast, or on Tumblr at Bread and Barricades. So if you want to give us five stars like Stevie is giving <laughs> this production, <laughs> then you can do so uh, on pod- uh, Apple or on Spotify. Our sound designer is Jade, who you can find on her Bandcamp or on her website, jadewasabi.bandcamp.com. And also, I feel like we haven't mentioned this in a while, the um, the theme tune of this show is a very good riff on God on High, so I just like that. It's a- oh, is it? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's been everything, so thank you for listening. Yeah. I would be interested to know if anyone did want to email us with uh, what their preferred stylings of the production are. Yeah. And why? Because we've cur- like we're we're one all on revolving wheel and uh, full full set. I enjoy that you say that word differently every time you've said it so far. <laughs> Your wheel's shit. Come and get me. 